Welcome to the Mindful Speaking Podcast Show. This is Danny Dozy. This is episode five. Sorry, I've been a bit off with this because I've been dedicating my life to other things at the moment. And I'm going to be honest with you, I am actually just getting back into this podcast. So this is the first show after a while. Last podcast I put up was a while back. I think it was the Success versus Failure podcast. And if you haven't got had a chance to listen to that one yet, please take the time and listen to it. I'm sure it will be beneficial and it will be interesting to listen to. So um, we're in COVID-19. Okay, and being in COVID-19 has been an eye-opener for the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Yes, I said it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. In fact, Simon Sinek said that uh, when good things happen, you know, or in fact, put it like this, it's easy to be a good, to be good of the good experiences that are happening. Sometimes it can be challenging when the bad is happening, but in the ugly times, okay, I'm just rephrasing it in a different way where it makes sense. But in the ugly times, often often comes challenges and adversity. And when we're talking about adversity, good innovations and good innovators are developed during times of uncertainty. So, yeah, it may sound a bit uh, a bit cliche, but what I'm try- where I'm trying to go with this is that the tough people, and I'm not saying tough as in manly tough, but I'm talking about resilience, elements of resilience, whether male, female, child, adult, Black, white, it does not matter. Yeah, I went a little bit racial there, but yeah, no, it does not matter. If you can, if we can weather the storm, or when we're able to weather the storm of extreme adversity, oftentimes we'll come out on the other side much more resilient and much more stronger than we were before going into the experience. And so, that's one of my things is um, trying to help people understand that going into adversity and overcoming adversity comes with so many benefits. And why is that? Well, it's because when we are presented different sorts of challenges and we are presented with different sorts of things that oftentimes make us think, oh, geez, we're not going to be able to do this, do this, or those things that challenge you to go deep within yourself to find a solution or to come up with something that's going to help you to become more of a a winner or of a a person that's able to deal with this. And then not just deal with it, but take the lessons, take things from the experience that's going to help you to become the greatest version of yourself. Well, (laughs) what sometimes happens in today's world is that we run away from it. And when we run away from it, we're not just hurting ourselves, but we're also hurting our opportunity to personally grow and develop. And so my main thing uh, when it comes to doing the things that I do is about taking experiences and using them to your advantage. And if the thing that you're, that you're experiencing is putting you at a, at a disadvantage, then how can you take the disadvantage and use it into personal strength? personal um, personal amplitude? How can you find amplitude to get through whatever it is that you're going through? How, What are you going to use? How are you going to use it? How, what strategy are you going to come up with? Sometimes, and the U.S. general said it, uh, attorney general, back in the 1900s, I can't remember what year, 
but he said, a plan filled with zest and determination is better than a plan being, uh, being a better than a developed plan like, or a perfect plan that is expected to be executed by tomorrow or the next day. You know what I mean? So basically all I'm saying is that do not wait to come up with a perfect plan just to execute and get to that winning outcome. You know, adversity challenges you to be innovative. Innovative. It challenges you to find something for yourself. It challenges you to build yourself up. It challenges you to find the tools that you need in order to succeed and not to win. Okay, we're not talking about winning because life is not a game of winning or losing. Life is, is just how you deal with it and how you move through it. But, however, life does present battles, almost like boxing. You know, you got to get through one round in order to get to the next one. You know, sometimes when you're in the face of adversity, it's like a little game. You have to kind of see where the adversity has hit you and then say, okay, you know what, adversity, I'm going to hit you right back here. You know what I mean? It's like you think you got me either physically, emotionally, or mentally, but I'm going to prove to you that you have not won this battle. You are not going to make me fall. You are not going to make me fall down and keep me on my stomach, making me lay lay down and look at the ground when I have the ability to say, okay, you know what? Enough is enough here. I'm going to roll back on my back and I'm going to look up and I'm going to see the sky and I'm go- or I'm going to see the ceiling, whether you're inside or outside. And guess what? If I could see the sky, then that means I could sit up and I could get up. And sometimes when adversity has knocked you down so many times, you got to find that sort of resilience and that sort of voice within you that says, you know what, I'm not going down like this. I'm going to pick it up and I am going to stand up and I'm going to look adversity dead in the eyes and say, you know what, now you want it. (laughs) Now you got it. You, You asked for it. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> hey, that's just a little fun. But yes, yeah, and I, I find it so interesting because just sharing a little bit about my personal story here, I went through a series of adversity, uh, adverse moments. And I'm not trying to say that my adversity is the best or is the is the one and only adversity that only exists on this planet. I just hope it doesn't come off that way. But what I'm trying to simply say is that there are people who are, okay, let's put it like this. Let's look at a triangle and let's divide it into three, right? You have your positive, your neutral, and you have your below average, not negative people, but people that are presented in negative circumstances, right? And this is just life. This isn't this isn't me just putting it in a way where it's like, okay, you know, this is what I look at it. This is just life. Anybody can see it. But when you talk about people at the top of the triangle, you're talking about people who have the resources, who have the support system, they have the guidance, they have everything that it takes in order for them to go after the opportunity or whatever it is that you're going for. Yeah, they may experience a little bit of adversity, but oftentimes they have that support there and, they, and then they have the guidance and they have the push. They have everything that they need, right? And I take my hats off to those people. I do. No offense. I take my hats off to you. I'm not jealous. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't think I am. Now, you have the middle people, okay, the neutral people, the working class people, those who 
have to work a little bit or work just enough or have to constantly work just to get the opportunity to reap the rewards of their work. However, though, they are also grateful for being in this space. And why is that? It's because they are enjoying the benefits that come with the work that they're putting in. And they could give themselves some vacations. They can push themselves. You know, they could give, some, give themselves some vacations. When enough vacation is enough, then they get right back to work and they'll get, they'll push themselves. You know what I mean? They will go after that, that, that nugget or whatever it is that they see. So that way they can succeed or overcome, right? Okay, those are your middle people. But then you have your people who are in the, the, the bottom tier. Those who have to find a way, have to find their own way out. Given the fact that they have nothing in place put forward for them. So that that way they can move forward, right? And when we think about these kind of people, these kind of people have developed something and they have come from something and they have used their experiences in the places that they've been and they've turned it into a sort of victory. Now, with given that being said, when you learn to take small battles or sometimes being in the face of certain environments that say that you're not good enough, or being in an environment that says, oh, you don't mean anything, you're worthless. Being able to take an environment, okay, or being in the face of an environment where there's no hope, where there's nothing to look forward to. There's only one person that you can count on during these sort of times. And that person that you can count on is only you, right? And so... When uh, we look at people who come from these sort of experiences or these sort of backgrounds, like they, 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 they have these experiences, these physiological experiences that drive psychological factors. So if we think about resilience, we're thinking about self-talk, we're talking about being a problem solution, uh, problem resolver, problem solution resolver. Uh, we're talking about ambition. We're talking about drive. We're talking about determination. We're talking about confidence, hope, inspiration. Any sort of psychological factor that is research-based. I mean, there's a lot of research around all these sort of things, which probably I might end up diving into in future podcasts. But however, what I'm simply saying here is that some of, the, some of these things that are talked about today where people are trying to find out how can they build resilience, what are, some of the, what are some of the things that can help to improve this area in my mind and stuff like that, like what techniques and stuff can be done? Well, I'm here to tell you today that, yes, these things are good to know. It's one thing to learn about it, but it's another thing to experience it. And the reasons why I say that is because when you are driven, when you have a, a, a certain list of experiences that are revolved around some, some of these things, then in your mind, you don't have to work on that because these experiences have given you that experience to where in your mind it has further developed that area and has also helped to impact to understand what it actually means. So for example... I, if we're talking about ambition, and I'm not trying to brag, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound selfish with this, but when we're talking about being hungry, and we're talking about if you don't want it bad enough, 
You know, it, you, some people kind of want to eat, right? They kind of want to eat, but they don't want the full plate. You know, like, <laughs> this is quite interesting because when I think of that, I'm like, you know, I've been through days where I haven't eaten. When I'm, and I'm talking about not eating. I'm talking about... I'm talking about when I was a kid growing up and stuff and going through particular experiences. There was there was days where I didn't eat, right? And so um and so I couldn't depend on too many people. The only person I had at the time was just my mom. And and some days uh I would oftentimes venture off by myself, right? And venturing off by myself meant that I had to become independent. I had to learn how to think on my own two feet. So that way, uh, with thinking on my own two feet, I could get what I want. Now the question, now the question is, what were some of the things that I did, and how did I do them, and what led to me doing what some of the things I did? So, for example, the physio- physiological experience of being hungry, right, drives the. Um, I, well, I know it sounds research based yet. Yeah. I, I know I'm not a psychologist yet, but I've, I'm working on this stuff, but. In my in my in my experience, what I say is that the psychological experience of I'm sorry, the physiological experience of of being hungry drives that determination factor within the mind. And why is that? Is because when you're hungry, well, there's only one thing that you can do. You have to eat. You have to go eat. Like, what are you going to do? Like, okay, well, let's become a problem uh, solution base. Let's go into the problem solution base. Um, uh, fact of the mind. And also, too, is also deciding what are you going to do next. Sometimes it's a bit of like self-guidance as well, you know? When you're independent and you're thinking on your feet in, in, in certain experiences that we may have on a daily basis, what happens is that we end up being able to look at the experience and use the, the intuitive and the instinctive tools within to help us guide through help us guide through this experience so that way we could get to the outcome that we are desiring for, we long for. And so basically what I'm saying is when I went during when I went through these days of not eating and not having enough food and or I wasn't eating and whatever the case was, the experiences of being hungry led to that led to that ex- that psychological experience of going out and go get go after it. And then once you go out and go get after it, then there's a skill. There's this mindset skill. Like, it's, it may be a small sort of victory, but however, that small victory comes as a big impact. Not just in the moment on temporary, but something that's long and, and long for and also long term. And so when I think about it today, like, you know, oftentimes I know, like, I. Don't get me wrong. I've given up on certain things. I've given up on certain things that do not mean as much. I thought I did kind of want it, but I'm like, I don't want that. And I don't want that. I do want this, though, but I just don't want that. However, the last thing that I have done was given up on myself, right? And the fact that I haven't given up on myself and having that inner inhibition or inner ambition to keep on going... And based on some of those experiences that I had experienced as a kid has helped me to see where future opportunities are. So intuitively, I'm hungry, right? I'm hungry for the right reasons and I'm hungry to give back value, just like this podcast. I'm just providing value. But the experiences of being hungry help to, help to, help to understand that there's only one person that... <laughs> 
can feed you, and that is yourself, especially when you don't have the, um, the, the, the resource or the support system put in place that's going to help you to find whatever it is that you're looking for. Another thing that I find so interesting is language. Language, and when I'm talking about language, I'm talking about listening to people who say they are not good enough or they think they're not good enough or, oh, I can't or this, I can't. And I'm not trying to be condescending, but what I'm trying to simply say is that sometimes when you have seen the other side of life and you've come to the place where you, where life has blessed you and has granted you access to the more to the more positive space, you develop this appreciation. You develop you have this appreciation for the fact that you did have once these experiences, but now you're in a different place. However, you do not forget because at the end of the day, you remember what your situations were telling you right in front of your face. Like for example, my situation was telling me that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't going to be able to get out of this. I wasn't going to overcome. And when it almost felt like uh when it almost felt like that like I wasn't going to overcome, oh sorry, when my situation was telling me that I wasn't going to be able to overcome, what happened is that there's this language about yourself that you somehow find to use. And when we talk about people saying that they're not good enough or they feel like they're not good enough or they think that they're not good enough or whatever the case is, well, first of all, what I like to say is if you have a, a, a roof over your head, you got food to eat, you got a bed to sleep on, and you got your breath, you are good enough. Life is saying you're good enough in this moment. And in, as long as you're in this moment, then life will always say, just keep going and strive for what you want. Do whatever you want to do, but do not believe that you are not good enough. Because if life said you wasn't good enough, it may say that you're that you're not. Maybe it maybe life provides feedback and says you're not ready for this moment yet. It's not saying you're not good enough, because saying you're not good enough is only temporary and is only it is only something that you are allowing yourself to keep on saying, knowing good and well that the thing that you're saying provides absolute no value, sorry, or absolute false value. So when we're talking about uh, thinking that you're not good enough, just ask yourself the question, where was I a year ago? If you have grown over the last year, you are far more good enough than what you was a year before or the year as of this date. But if you look back at your year and you say, I haven't gone anywhere or I haven't moved, I haven't, I've been stagnant, then the question is now, how long are you going to stay here? And are you set? In fact, the question is, the first question to ask yourself is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with being where you are now? Right? If you're not, then the next question is, how much do you value your time? Right, and after you answer that own question, your own questionnaire, then the last question is, how long are you going to stay here? Because at some point, you're going to realize that wasting time is no longer an option. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Wasting time 
we're talking about today's today's world where people are complaining about not having time, not having enough time, not do not being able to do this, not being able to do that. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and I was like, you know what? There's eight thousand. In fact, let me let me break it down small bit by number, okay? One day at a time, one day, one week, one month, one year. There's twenty four hours in a day. There's 168 hours in a week. There's 672 hours in a month. And there's 8,064 hours in a year. Now, when you think about it, if we go from 18 all the way up to retirement years, which is 65, 66, somewhere around there, you will you will see that you have over 400,000 hours on this planet in this lifetime in terms of working wise and even then it, it could go further it depends on what you find passionate what you don't whatever now the question is what are you doing with your time because t- it's not you don't have enough time you, you're just it's just spending time and investing time into the wrong places those places that of, of dissatisfaction but yet you're being stripped of your time right you're suffering. You're suffering or you're keeping yourself hostage to something because there's some sort of return, but intuitively and intrapersonally, you do not want to be here because you know that life has something else in store for you. You're talking about taking the time out to acknowledge where you are in this very fine moment and ask yourself, what do I truly want my life to look like? Where do I want it to be? What is my purpose? Where is my destiny? What am I here for? Why am I here? Who am I? Some of those. See, when your time is being stripped away and you're being blinded by something in the mind that doesn't actually add any benefit or any sort of value, you miss these opportunities. Or you know, I'm saying, I'm not saying you miss these opportunities. You con- you continue to keep on missing these opportunities until you make a choice to say, you know what? Let me stop and think for a moment and let me figure out who I am. And whether or not the time that I'm spending in, in, in what I'm doing is in alignment with what I'm seeking for. And if it's not, then you know that there's a choice that needs to be made. See, when I was younger and I was going through some of these uh, experiences, I didn't have a lot of time to waste. You know, and I, In fact, not even time to waste. I didn't have a lot of... Um, I had time, but I didn't. I didn't see it as time. I looked at it as day by day. Right. Sometimes in life, we gotta take things day by day. However, though, there's that point where you're on this journey, and this journey that you're on right now, you feel something is off, something isn't right, something's a bit more damaging more than harm. And then what happens is that you end up experiencing something, and then you decide to kind of say, you know what? Wait a minute. Do I want to keep going down this path? Or do I want to stop for a second, acknowledge what it is that I truly want, and then do I go after what I truly want or do I stay down this path? Then once you realize what the answer is to that question, then it's just about you, it's just about you navigating your way through whatever moment it is that you're having now. And then once you navigate your way through, guess what? You end up coming to find what it is that you truly want, or you end up putting yourself in a path leading you to what you want, and therefore now you value a bit more 
as uh, you value a bit more of you as opposed to just letting yourself being ridden by experiences that don't actually provide any value. And then plus two, as you get older, you start to realize that time's actually more important. In fact, time is more important than a bank account. And uh, it's interesting because when we're thinking about today's uh, work or social works or sociology, we look at people doing this for this, doing that for this, but then are oftentimes not happy. However, though, but what they're afraid of is they're afraid of jumping into adversity. In fact, they're afraid of making that choice to jump off the ship and go into the unknown, go through adversity, and then knowing that this adversity is only just going to benefit them. Sometimes some people just want to be in control of adversity, but however, adversity doesn't work that way. Adversity only challenges you to try and find the solution to what the adversity is presenting in that moment. So where am I going with this? Well, I just want to talk about the three main benefits here in the last five minutes of this podcast. And I just want to say that the benefits of adversity are completely beneficial, amazing, tremendous. And one of the benefits is well-being. In fact, when you overcome adversity and you overcome it from the other side, yes, it may be a bit of a to what I'm looking for, maybe still a bit of a shock, but however, the, the improvements of your well-being improves as long as you keep a good positive outlook and a good positive mindset. It's almost like sometimes when you go into a challenge and you come out of it, you're, you feel a bit more fitter before you went in and you come out, you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go again. You know what I mean? Like you have a bit of a, of a, 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 bit of a backbone, you have a bit more of a, of a grit of a gritty mindset. Okay, so that's one of the that's one of the benefits to to adversity. And the next one is the improvement within the mind. In fact, when you're in improving your mind through adversity, okay, you're in fact improving a lot in quite a few areas. You're not just uh, improving the engagement, but you're also improving the resilience, the psychological resilience that's needed to keep on going and even helping you to see the adverse moments. It's just opportunities and lessons that are only just helping you to grow, helping you to, to develop, helping you to become a bit more stronger. And so I find it interesting when people go through adversity or some people um, come across the first obstacle. And when they come across this first obstacle, they're kind of like ready to go off the raft, or they're ready to turn around and run away. It's just kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is, what is the what is so bad about the experience that you're going into? And in fact, it's not even what is so bad, but how can you use what you're going into to help you to 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 benefit benefit and reap the rewards? You just got to find the tools. That's it. You got to find the tools. And so, some people are not very comfortable with being discomfortable or uncomfortable. Sorry. And uh, when you learn how to be uncomfortable most of the time, you can adapt to anything. So that's one of the secret tools to adversity is just learning how to adapt, but also to improving the mind and the psychological resilience. And the last one is that you have a much more better heart. Your heart grows. When you have taken 
adversity and you've learned the secret tools through the adversity, you end up learning that your heart can take a lot. You don't want to overpound it. Of course, I'm not saying you overpound your heart with all sorts of adverse moments. But what I'm saying is when you when you when we overcome adversity, there's a bit more of a, a grounded sort of uh, view on life. You know, there's a bit more of a grounded experience that you have through adversity. So therefore, with depending on your environment or what you're in, you have a bit more <laughs> you have a bit more awareness of your heart. So therefore you're ma- you're able to control, you're able to manage what you're feeling. How are you thinking? You don't let you don't let so much get to you. Why? Because uh, if you do, sorry, <laughs> but if you do, you drive your heart a bit more insane. So that's why it's one of those things where you take adversity and you just learn how to protect yourself and protect your heart from any sort of any sort of serious damage or any sort of serious opportunity. So um, when you take heart too, you also develop your heart for life. You're developing your heart for life. Like, you know, you learn how to put your heart in things that actually matter to you most. And you've been through tough times and you've been through all sorts of adverse experiences. So, therefore, your heart is a bit more developing, it's a bit more uplifting, it's a bit more stronger, it's a bit more aware, it's a bit more in a good place. You know, that's where my heart is every day. I always make sure my heart is in a good place because I want to protect it. Why? Because my heart is precious. (laughs) And so is yours. That's one of the main things I just wanted to get across there. But, yeah, those so those are the three main things I'm just saying and I'm just sharing here as to benefits for adversity. One is well-being, two is the mind, and three is the heart. And if you go on my webpage, uh, dannydozy.com, you find some more content and information there. And then you find other things that I do as well. So anyway, if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to it all the way to the end, I thank you so much for your time. I understand everybody and a lot of people are busy these days. However, though... Your time means so much to me, and I really do thank you. Listen, and if there's anybody else here that you think could use these messages and use messages from adverse experience or people who are going through some sort of challenge on an each and every daily basis, please don't hesitate. Get in touch. Share some information or maybe pass along to your friends, whatever the case is. I'm just trying to... My goal, my aim is to coach you through adversity and to also share experiences of adversity. That way it can help you to overcome the tough times that you're going in that you're going through in this moment. So anyway, thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoy your day, enjoy your afternoon, morning or evening, morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you listen to this podcast from. And I look forward to hearing from you soon.